and a good morning to you. Welcome to WKTY Outdoors. I'm Kevin Millard. Thank you very much for joining me on the show this morning. Glad you could make it along on a... Uh, it's not bad out there right now. No. I'd probably enjoy it a little bit more if I haven't... And I got If I sound a little funny, it's because I've... Uh, I've been under the weather for the past week here with a uh, uh, that cold that ended up catching uh, the week before. Finally, hit home and hit hard. And uh. on the plus side, I I got a new. It, it, it probably don't necessarily care, but it it I'll, I'll get there. Uh, got a new TV this week uh, for my living room, which I'm very happy with and it comes with all sorts of you know I'm like I just had kind of apparently I just had a plain TV before but now I've got I don't know I can get like I don't know eight or nine thousand channels with this thing now <laughs> one of them is the uh, is a uh, one of those uh, apps or whatever that, that you can uh, watch and it's a uh, a fishing channel so I'm I'm very happy to, to uh, uh, to start digging into that. They've got a couple of, there were a couple of shows on there on uh, carp fishing that I'm very curious to uh, uh, to see. So I'm going to have to, I think, uh, spend a little time in front of the TV doing research this weekend. <laughs> but not much, though. It's not, I, you know, I want to get outside a little bit, get some fresh air. And yeah, it's uh, it's not bad out there today. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty nice, too. Um, it was uh, wasn't bad. I mean, it's thirty five, but it doesn't uh, doesn't feel too bad. Not much of a breeze or anything. So get out there, uh, get out there and enjoy it here while uh, while we can here. Certainly a a very pleasant um, late fall day here. I guess I don't know November eleventh. Yeah, late fall, later fall. I don't know. something like that anyway, but. And I certainly want to uh, uh, mention as well, of course, today is, uh, is Veterans Day, so certainly want to thank uh, all of the veterans uh, who are listening to the program this morning. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for your service and uh, the sacrifices that, uh, uh, that you have made and, and all the things that uh, uh, all the veterans have accomplished uh, for this for this country, and certainly uh, uh, honor their uh, honor them today, and and um, work with a few, and uh, certainly thank them for uh, uh, everything that that they've done uh, as well. So uh, thank you again, veterans, for uh, for all that you have done. So it's uh, it is uh, very very much uh, appreciated by. Uh, by myself, so thank you. Um, now let's uh, let's kind of turn now to the uh, uh, outdoors here this morning, and you know, it, it, like I said, it's 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 not bad. I I think today is a uh, uh, would be a really fun day to get out and and do some fishing here. I'm kind of looking forward. I'm uh, tackle Terry Tuma is going to be joining me next year, so I'm kind of looking forward just to. Uh, chatting with him a little bit about uh, some late fall fishing here and and everything but you know conditions wise uh you know things are, are pretty decent right now we're sitting at five two this morning uh here in lacrosse and 
Uh, it's pretty, I think we've, at least for the moment anyway, um, kind of stabilized a little bit. You know, of course, we had that you know, last week, we were kind of getting over all that uh, rain and everything, but uh, that's, uh, that's all gone away. And now it's, I, I think it's kind of gotten back to what it was uh, pretty much before, uh, uh, before we had all that, uh, all that rain and everything that had to kind of scoot on through here. Because again here, uh, looking at the uh, the conditions this morning, the flow is uh, again upper teens and uh, to low twenties, and um, so that uh, all that water has moved through. Uh, like I said, the river stage is is looking pretty stable right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, in terms of the flow, um, Alma's about fifteen eight, um, Winona's at twenty point or twenty thousand. 257 cubic feet is uh, what it says here on the paper, but um, uh, Trumpelow's at uh, 21.7, uh, 21, just a little bit under 22 at uh, at Dresback, 24 at Genoa, 23 at Lynxville, so uh, it's uh, kind of calmed down again here a little bit. And as far as the water temperatures go, um, right about 46 degrees. <laughs> That's, that's, that's pretty much what it says on the chart here uh, this morning. Alma, 46. Uh, Dresbach, 46. Genoa, 46. 48 in Linksville. they got to be the odd one out. But, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, water temperatures have come down uh, a little bit. I don't think quite as much as, but, yeah, it's a slow, gradual drop. But, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it is cooling off out there and certainly want to, uh, Certainly want to be safe. That uh, um, that water is cold. <laughs> Forty six is uh, is cold. We're 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 not that far above ice cube baking stage. So, and, and who knows when we'll when we will uh, when we will get to that? But might be might be a while yet. But uh, you never know. I guess we got we got snow on Halloween. So hey. Uh, any, anything is possible. We could get, uh, you know, 20-degree highs next month uh, or in the next couple of weeks. Who knows? I hope not, but we'll see. Um, hopefully not that, uh, not that cold for, uh, for deer hunting next weekend but in Wisconsin, but I guess we'll just have to, uh, uh, have to wait and see here. But, yeah, again, I mean, the, the, the temperatures, uh, you know, um, not bad. I'm actually kind of surprised they haven't dropped down just a, a little bit, um, a little bit more than that. Um, they haven't come down very much. Of course, it's 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 been a little bit warmer during the day. So, I, but even still, I don't think uh, I, I guess I was expecting it to come down maybe just a a little bit more, especially since we've had some of those you know cool nights in the low 30s and. It hasn't certainly, uh, I, I don't think it's, it's done a whole lot for uh, uh, affecting the fishing anyway. I think they've uh, um, adjusted pretty well and are, uh, are doing pretty well across the board, I think, at least from, uh, from my reports this morning here anyhow uh, that, I've, uh, that I've put together. Um, panfish bite doing, uh, doing solid, I think. Um, Bluegill bite is still, you know, they've, uh, you know, they've kind of worked into their uh, their wintering areas, um, backwater areas, and and whatnot. But you know, you can find them in the you know little structure, little cover. Um, 
And, you know, working uh, bobber and a worm, nothing's going to change there very much. Uh, find those uh, find those bluegills. Uh, the, the crappie bite, uh, it was a little slow, I think, just a little bit last week, but it's it's kind of starting to, to, to pick up here again uh, as they've sort of, uh, I think, made that, or, or kind of in general, I should say, finished with that uh, transition to their uh, winter areas or at least, you know, where they'll, they'll hang out this time of year. And, um, but, uh, but, yeah, I've seen some nice crappies being caught. And, uh, you know, it's uh, not bad out there um, using artificials or, or crappie minnows. Uh, certainly want to have some minnows handy if you want to go out and do some uh, uh, some perch fishing. Um, perch fishing, again, has been uh, uh, just phenomenal. Uh, man, I've gotten some good reports of, uh, of perch being caught in... Um, working some of those uh, those backwater areas and sloughs, and you know they're just uh, they're just chasing down the minnows. So if you know, go with what they're uh, what they're looking for right now. But yeah, uh, just uh, jigging a minnow, minnow rig, some kind, whatever, um, is uh, I think going to do you pretty well for uh, for finding some just uh, some nice sized perch. And again, like I said, I, on my uh, social media feeds and, and whatnot, I've seen just some really, really nice ones uh, being caught. Again, in, in some of those uh, those backwater areas, they're going to kind of school up a little bit. And, um, you know, I'm just uh, tacking any little schools of minnows that they happen to find. and um, But uh, in not that bad of, and uh, not really that deep of water either. Um they're still fishing a little bit uh, on the shallow side, so you know again uh, they're work you know work weed edges, um, maybe you know seven eight feet of water something like that, and um, you can uh, probably do some real well if you can if you can find those school of minnows, then uh, uh, you can go to town pretty pretty quickly on that. Um, as we move up in size, as it were, or at least I like to think of it that way anyway. Uh, we got the small stuff out of the way. Let's uh, let's move up a, a little bit here as well. Uh, the walleye bite is uh, is doing pretty well. Um, you know, you're working. You know, you want to find the walleyes. I think you, you're going to probably want to work. Yeah, work some of those locks and dams, and um, I don't think it necessarily. Yeah, it's really not going to matter a whole lot. Um, Although I think if I had my druthers, um, if I'm going to maybe get out in a boat and, and do a little fishing, um, probably I'm thinking someplace maybe like like a Tremplo or someplace like that. Um, you can fish the lock and dam, and um, you know if that doesn't necessarily pan out, you've got the three lakes area you can kind of uh, get into uh, right close by, and, and I think maybe you know try and. Uh, do some pan fishing in there and 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 whatnot, um, but uh, but no. Anyway, to get back to the the, the walleye bite, um, you know the, the locks and dams and the adjacent uh, wing dams nearby. Fishing a three way rig, you know minnows whatnot. Um, I think you're uh, you're in um, 
in good shape there as well. Nice soccer being caught as well. They're uh, uh, they they've kind of picked up a, a little bit as well. I've seen some uh, nice reports as as well uh, as they move up to those uh, lock and dam areas. Um, you know, uh, again, minnow rigs or uh, some kind of plastic, a twister tail, what have you, and I think that uh, uh, you'll find some success there with that. So um, that's. Uh, not too bad. Um, and actually, um, the reports I'm seeing here, too, uh, the bass bite is still pretty pretty decent. I saw, again, uh, uh, a couple of posts this, this past week of uh, some really nice-sized bass being caught. And that's uh, something I haven't done a whole lot of, of uh, work on, and i gotta, I got to try and figure that out a little bit more because, I, I, you know, Obviously, summertime is is great time for for bass fishing and everything. But boy, you know, I think and and I I think I'd throw myself in in with this as well. And I think maybe I'll ask Terry a little bit about this here in a little bit. But um, just don't necessarily think of this time of year as um, unless, of course, maybe you're in in the south, mind you. Uh, but uh, certainly not around here anyway. Uh, think about the uh, uh, the bass bite and how good it is, um, you know, and just, I mean, we've got such a, a great fishery here and, you know, you just kind of, you just kind of normally, you know, I, I don't know. And, and again, maybe it, I'm, I'm fully willing to admit it's just me and my mindset, but, uh, and, uh, certainly open to change. Uh, but, uh, cause I mean, like I said, uh, you know, bass bite is, uh, is pretty good, uh, right now. Again, saw some really nice, Nice sized bass being caught, um, and, and again, you're working some of those backwater areas, side channels, uh, weed edges, uh, places like that. They're busting on the minnows too, you know, and uh, for the largemouth, and um, you know, you're working so, some of the same kind of places for uh, uh, the smallies as well, the rock area, uh, rock, uh, riprap, and rocks, and, and places along those lines, um, and you know. You know, run some spinners through there, swim jigs, uh, what have you. And, uh, man, it is uh, just some, some really nice, I mean, you know, and, and it's like I said, you know, you just kind of think of, of, you know, when we get to this time of year, it's like, oh, the bass fish kind of, eh, you know, and you, you think about maybe other things, I don't know, walleye or, 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 or whatever, and, you know, or, or start to you know, plan ahead for, uh, for ice fishing and, you know, you just don't necessarily think about bass fishing anymore. But man, uh, I'm I am seeing that I need to change my mind on that because I think it. You know, I mean, it's a blast in the summertime, of course, and you know, why not take advantage of it uh, all year long here and uh, have some have some fun with it. You know, as long as the uh, the water's open and at least for the foreseeable future, anyway. Short term, mind you, uh, we're looking at uh, you know open water conditions and you know find those bass and as long as they've got their food sources uh, uh, easily accessible, then they'll go to town. So yeah, that's uh, that's kind of cool. But again, I yeah I think maybe I'll ask uh, ask Terry about that a little bit. 
And as far as I guess to kind of to, uh, to to kind of wrap things up here, uh, the Northern Bite is uh, is doing pretty well too. They're kind of coming into uh, I think sort of their prime time as well. Um, again, another good time of the year to to get out there. The water's a little cooler for them, and um, you know you can pick them up on maybe a little you know larger crankbaits or spinners. Spoons, of course. Um, always think of make always make that connection between spoons and and northerns and whatnot. And uh, um, again, you know, other than maybe fishing for walleye and sauger, you're really working. Start, you know, I mean, you're really starting to focus now. Um, you know, you're still you're really just looking at at, at backwater areas and sloughs and and um, you know. Weed lines and, and, and places like that, I think, are, uh, are the, the kind of places that uh, you want to be thinking about focusing on. And uh, whether you get out there and uh, uh, boat or if you've got uh, some nice places on shore that you can access some of this stuff, hey, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's all good. <laughs> you know, we're, we're getting to the point in the year now where, you know, where, where there isn't ice on the water um, and you're, you know, you're an open water fisherman, uh, you know, you're, you're sort of counting these as sort of plus one days. We're not quite there yet. I don't think, but, um, we're, uh, it, it's, it's approaching. So, you know, any day you've got open water and can get the boat out, you know, count that one as a, uh, as a plus. And certainly too, uh, pressure is considerably, considerably less. So, but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty, oh, I want to remind uh, one other thing too, and I. Darn it! I don't can't find it here in my notes, but um, uh, certainly with the uh, the migrating birds and stuff, I always I tend to talk about this. Uh, I just m- mention it a little bit too. Um, over at Brownsville today, um, I would imagine probably late morning and into early afternoon. Um, over at Brownsville, over that lookout there, I think they've got uh, uh, folks there from the Fish and Wildlife Service that are doing some. Uh, uh, are there to answer questions about the migrating birds, the tundra swans and geese and ducks and uh, all that, uh, which, uh, and again, saw some pictures. I think, yeah, somebody took them yesterday, if I'm not, not mistaken. And that's pretty cool. So if you, if you, you know, fishing not going to work for you this weekend or whatever, or you want to take a drive and get outside and um, get some fresh air and, and see some really cool stuff, they, I, they you know, I know there's at least one telescope over there. They pr- usually, when the Fish and Wildlife Service folks are over there uh, and, and set up, um, they've got it to at least a couple of other, you know, one or two other ones there to, to that you can, you know, look at the birds and everything. Yeah, I mean, you can bring your own too, for that matter. Don't get me wrong, but um, if you don't have that kind of stuff, then uh, they've got that that stuff there, and that's you know, that's kind of that's kind of cool and fun. My goodness, those are the noisiest birds I have ever heard. Uh, in in my life, um, but uh, it's cool to see, uh, especially with I mean, just thousands and thousands of birds. It's it's uh, a lot of fun. I wanted to mention that here before I took the break, which is what I'm going to do right now because it's 8:23 and I got to try and get uh, tackle Terry Tuma on the phone here, and we'll continue with more of WKTY Outdoors in just a few moments. You are listening to WKTY 96.7 FM, 5:80 AM.
And welcome back to WKTY Outdoors. I'm Kevin Millarn. It is coming up on 826 and joining me uh, on the phone right now, uh, a pleasure as always. And that's uh, and that's tackle Terry Tuma. Terry, thank you very much for uh, for coming on this morning. Always appreciate uh, uh, chatting with you here on a Saturday morning about uh, all things fishing. So appreciate you being here. Oops, where are we at here? Oops, wrong button. There we go. My, my apologies there. I pushed the wrong button. There we go. Okay, let's try that. There we go. Hi and welcome, Terry. Thanks. <laughs> are you? Uh, can you hear me, Terry? Yeah, a lot of clicking. Hmm. Okay, here. Oh, there we go. Let's try that instead. Okay, now it's good. Sounds good. Okay, all right. There we go. Start all go. over. Yeah, we're we're all good now. You're on the air, and we're we're ready to go here this morning. So, uh, thank you again for uh, for taking the time out of your Saturday morning to uh, uh, to chat with me, and uh, appreciate you being here. Well, thank you so much, Kevin. It's always great to visit with you, and the opportunity to visit with all of our listeners. Yeah, and uh, uh, certainly a pleasant uh, a pleasant morning out there, and. Um, we're going to uh, talk a little bit. I think we'll we'll start out. We'll talk about the ice fishing show a, a little bit uh, uh, a, a little bit later on. But uh, um, uh, wanted to talk a little bit here this morning about um, walleyes here and uh, sort of. Uh, I guess you could classify this as as we're kind of mid to late fall here at, at this point, but. Uh, um, Certainly, we've got uh, I think some decent conditions out there for uh, uh, for catching the walleyes. And uh, uh, you wanted to share your thoughts on on what you were thinking about that. Yeah, you're exactly right, Kevin. Especially with the warm up that we have coming, it's a great opportunity to catch walleyes on the river. Uh, you can have some awfully good success trolling crankbaits. Is one color is a factor at this time of the year, and then work with the different trolling speeds. Some days it's going to be a little bit faster. Some Time frames will be a little slower. The profile of the crankbait also is extremely, extremely uh, something that we have to really uh, pay attention to. And then also to the kind of the vibration and the size of that crankbait and mm-hmm. also some other factors. And then, too, the other thing, too, that can be extremely productive is uh, using uh, jigs. Uh, jigs with plastic can uh, really... Uh, provide some great action, depending on the mood of these uh, walleye. If you can find a concentration like a pot of walleye, I'd probably opt to go to a jig and plastic or jig and minnow. But jig and plastic at this time of the year, because of the action and the color variations, can be extremely productive. Mm-hmm. The other thing, too, is, uh, is you know, like with jigs and sort of end, edge of uh, a wing dam, uh, some of the holes at the ring dam area uh, is also a good Piece of jig. The other thing I failed to mention, Kevin, was jigging wraps and snap wraps, also mm-hmm. extremely productive at this time of the year. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, there's, <laughs> I got about a half a dozen questions to follow up on here with uh, with, with all of that. Uh, and, and I guess maybe the, the first one here is, too, um, you, you talked a little bit about profile and size. Uh, let's uh, let's kind of delve into that. Are you wanting to maybe, are, you know, I, I guess what are you, you know, sort of recommending? You, you upsize to begin with and, and sort of downsize maybe if uh, depending on how things uh, things go or, or you start small and go big or, or how, how, what, uh, what sort of things are you thinking there? Well, that's, that's really a great question, Kevin. Generally speaking, I would probably, with the cold water temperatures, I would probably have a tendency to go smaller. Mm-hmm. And with less uh, vibration action, but you know, here again, 
two, there's nothing wrong with going a little bit bigger and more vibration. Uh, it's really going to be dependent on the mood of these fish and water temperatures. But here, too, uh, if you got some pretty active fish, then I would definitely step up in size, maybe instead of a number a five, go to a number seven wrap or something of that sort, and then two, um, but work with these um, different sizes. I think the size, the color, and the towing speed are so detrimental in a sketching fish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and that was the that was the other thing too is um, you know uh, that I, I kind of wanted to touch on as well. You know, is this is this. And I guess I kind of think of it as maybe so, but and correct. Please correct me if I'm wrong, but I like to think of this time of year as just probably some some prime time to be thinking about uh, about trolling for uh, uh, for walleyes. No, it is a, it is a very very good time to troll for walleye. I don't think there's any question about that. Even though you won't see a lot of anglers trolling uh, mm-hmm. crankbaits at this time of the year, but it can be extremely extremely productive. The biggest factor here is find those fish. Where are they going to be at? Mm-hmm. It maybe trolling along a riprap here. Are some of the flats going to produce these fish? Maybe a sand point. So this is where your electrons come up play a big role in catching these fish. The last time I was out, uh, I was throwing crankbaits very shallow uh, in about eight feet of water mm-hmm. and had some great success. So here again, too, it really varies, but the biggest factor here, you know, if you catch one walleye, you know, and you and I talked about this in the past, anglers would just keep right on going down wherever they're fishing. Turn around, come back, uh, there may be, and there probably is going to be a lot more water in a specific defined area. Right, exactly. And, you know, I, yeah, it, it, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, if, if there's one that's found the conditions that work for that fish, you know there have to be, at least make the attempt anyway to try and find uh, some others that, that might be thinking sort of the, the same way in, in terms of uh, uh, where they're positioning in the, in the water column and everything. And, and, uh, and actually, speaking of water column, how deep are these fish? Are they are they holding close to the bottom? Are they up a ways? How? Uh, what uh, What are you you sort of thinking of there? Well, generally speaking, they're going to be very close to the bottom. Uh, Kevin, river walleyes usually do sort of hug the bottom, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, to depending if you're you know trolling a big flat or something, um, there again too. Um, present that crankbait just above those fish, maybe a foot off the bottom, maybe even two feet off the bottom. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be really a factor as to where uh, I want to troll and how fast I want to troll. But you have to get that crankbait to that strike zone of those fish. These fish are not going to dive way down after a crankbait. They're not going to dive way up. But we have to understand, mm-hmm. too, that the metabolism of the fish has slowed down somewhat because of the, uh, of the uh, cold water temperature. So mm-hmm. that's something we have to really address. The other thing, too, I sort of failed to mention, too, you know, jigs and plastics are always productive, but a jig and a um, minnow is also a very, very good tool to use at this time of the year. Well, and, 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 and let me just kind of uh, run this by you as well. Uh, you, you know, are you using maybe trolling to sort of help find where some of those walleyes are and then maybe switching over to that uh, that vertical jigging, that jig and a minnow combination, uh, or jig and a, a plastic for that matter? Yes, uh, definitely. You know, if you find, you know, if you're trolling as a search tool with crankbait, mm-hmm. and you find all of a sudden you found a maybe you're marking, you just found a lot of action in one specific area. That is a great time to drop your trolling motor down and jig that specific.
specific location. Generally, if you're going to be jigging from walleyes, usually about three to six inches off the bottom is going to be the most productive. Here again, too, color of that jig is a big, big factor. The way we jig is also a big factor. I just spoke to somebody the other day, and we're jigging way too much up, down, up, down, up, down. Many, many times the best jigging action is no jigging whatsoever. Just hold that rod steady. Let the plastics or the minnow do its action. Yeah, and, and I was going to say, too, with, with that, just sort of uh, not really doing anything, usually there's enough current or just simple, uh, even if it's a, a very, very light current, it's going gonna, it's gonna to move that, you know, if you're working a plastic. And certainly if there's a, uh, a, a lively minnow um, hooked on, it's going to have its own movement and, and certainly, I, I think, appear you know, much more natural than, you know, doing a lot of, you know, uh, you know, hard jigging up and down and, and, and moving, it, moving it around that way, just simply uh, keeping it natural, if you will. Yes, you're exactly right. And, you know, uh, that real subtle movement of that plastic or with that minnow, that's actually becoming uh, uh, the trigger and mm-hmm. also it's the attracting factor so that you have two in one, so to speak, in a, in a, yeah. in a sense. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you're you're not really. Uh, it, it's it's a much more natural presentation. And uh, I, again, like you said, you know, either either lure kind of does its thing, and and you, know, you get those little pauses or, or whatever. And and uh, boy, yeah, it just uh, it, it triggers the fish so many times. Yes, and I should also mention too. I just thought of it, uh, Kevin. Is that we've had some great success uh, casting crankbaits in riprap areas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that can also be extremely practical. Here, I would probably use a number four, a shad wrap, and work with different colors. But this can also be a great opportunity to catch walleyes. And many times, anglers are not doing it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now, I, I wanted to, to touch base a little bit. Uh, um, Thinking a little bit about uh, uh, wing dams as well uh, as a uh, as a location. Um, now, what sort of ones are you thinking about? So, sort of maybe you know, starting at like uh, the the ones closest to say a lock and dam and working down, or you know, working your way towards the lock and dam. I guess, and you know. Uh, I guess maybe uh, let's let's start there and, and see what uh, uh, where we go from there. Well, wing dam, you know, generally speaking, are they're not always productive. Mm-hmm. I think that's number one. Number two, on, on wing dams and even the riprap areas, I feel river walleyes move in and out of these specific locations. Right. Uh, so we don't have to always be in a hurry uh, to move to a different spot. But with wing dams, if you can fish the, there's usually a hole on the outside edge, if you will, and then that hole into, you know, either to the side of that wing dam. I don't fish all the way down to the shore but I will fish the tip of that wing dam um, going from right to left or left to right and fish it very thoroughly from shallow. Uh, you know, Maybe it's going to be close up to the wing dam to the rocks where it's going to only be five, six feet, mm-hmm. and then working all the way down to uh, 10, 15, even 20 feet, Kevin. And this is where it can be extremely productive. And here, too, we've got to work this area uh, thoroughly. I've seen an angler uh, some time ago drop his trolling motor down, fished it for five minutes and left, and we were fishing much deeper and catching a lot of wise, but he never even capitalized on that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you've got to be able to, uh, you know, thoroughly work those those types of structures because, I mean, you, you know, they may not be there, of course, obviously, but you know that that's kind of a place that 
will hold these these types of fish. So, I mean, not working it thoroughly, you're you're just sort of not doing the job completely. Well, exactly. Even if you're not, you know, you go to this area and you maybe mark one fish, Kevin, or maybe you don't mark none, mm-hmm. but get that trolling motor down with that jig and so forth and really work it thoroughly. As I mentioned, I'm a firm believer that these wise on in these specific locations, wing dams, uh, you know, any type of riprap area, they move in, in and out. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do. We don't want to be in a big hurry, but you have to work a third. You don't want to sit there for three or four hours and not catch any fish or mark any fish, but you got to work it thoroughly and then work with, you know, a different color of jigs. It's so important for us, but also to make sure that the weight of the jig is going to tick the bottom, especially in current areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've noticed, too, that, uh, you know, the current obviously isn't quite as... Uh, Strong as it was, maybe say during the uh, the summer months, but you still need to get it down uh, to the bottom or you know close to the bottom to to find where those fish are hanging out. Well, yes, and that's right. You know, if you're vertical jigging off the side of the boat, you, you don't um, normally. What I do, I'll use a longer rod and then uh, vertical jig straight up and down, if you will. Mm-hmm. I don't. I know you can catch a lot of fish dragging the. Um, jig and yes we will do that occasionally but using that uh, vertical straight up and down presentation is a big factor but many many times these walleyes are not going to hit hard it's going to be a real subtle uh, bite Uh, if you're not paying attention to the feel in your rod tip you're going to miss just a ton of fish and if you feel there's anything going on whatsoever set the hook you set the hook you don't have a fish on so what but many times you're going to have fish that's hanging on yeah yeah, and uh, that's the thing that's always kind of surprised me about uh, walleyes. I, I, you know, uh, certainly they're they're larger than your your bluegills and crappies and and whatnot. I always think of them as as uh, uh, hard striking fish. Or I mean, you know, if 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 they take that lure, you know it. And uh, it 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 always amazes me that uh, again they too have such uh, can have such a uh, a subtle bite. Uh, and, uh, and and just be so stealthy when it comes to uh, uh, to taking that lure. Well, there's no question about it whatsoever. I think so often, as you mentioned, we anticipate this hard bite, you know, that you're going to feel that bite, you're going to see that rod tip mm-hmm. bend. That is not the case under most conditions. That's why uh, paying attention to uh, the feel of that rod, uh, that bite, and also the rod tip, or, or watching, even watching your line mm-hmm. is such a factor in catching these fish. When you have cold water temperature too, Kevin, is if, for instance, if you're using a minnow and you're missing these fish, is uh, what I'll do many, many times is one, I'll let the while I chew on that minnow before I set the hook, or I'll drop the rod tip down to create no drag resistance in a water column whatsoever mm-hmm. and let that see uh, if that wire will bite on that minnow a little bit more uh, ahead of that uh, body, if you will, so you can get mm-hmm. a good hook set. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's, uh, um, it, yeah, you have to have just a little bit of patience there, then, and uh, um, it, it is, uh, like you said, a more um, subtle bite sometimes, and, and that's uh, and that's what kind of makes it fun, too, for that matter, is, is being able to uh, have some success uh, uh, with those, uh, with that light bite and, and uh, sensing everything that's going on down below that you obviously can't see. Right, and you know, there again too. You know, using the correct rod is so important mm-hmm. uh, to pick up on these subtle bites, jigging especially. But even if you're trolling crankbaits, you you don't want a real stiff rod. You want a soft tip rod, 
and then two is uh, you know having a correct reel on that ride, and also including in that is a line, the poundage of test. Mm-hmm. Under these kind of conditions, most of them I'll use fluorocarbon for jigging. Yep, yep, and uh, it's. Uh uh, that's uh, that's always a, a good choice. I tell you what, Terry, I've got to take a a, a quick pause here, uh, and uh, we will be back in just a couple of moments, continuing our conversation this morning here with Tackle Terry Tuma on WKTY Outdoors. Back in just a couple of moments, you're listening to WKTY 96.7 FM, 580 AM. Welcome back to WKTY Outdoors on WKTY 96.7 FM, 580 AM. It's 843 and back with the conversation here with Tackle Terry Tuma here this morning. And uh, we're talking about uh, uh, walleye fishing here too. And I guess just gonna, to, to kind of finish things uh, off a little bit, um, you, you touched on just before we took the break was uh, uh, talking a little bit about rod length. And well, I guess in general, just you know, choosing the right type of rod for uh, uh, for this type of fishing. Yeah, it's really, I think it's so important. I know many anglers will say, we just use a short rod over the side of the boat for vertical jigging, like a 6.3 or whatever. I really opt for a 7, a 7.2, seven, 7.3 seven, rod. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a little bit of faster tip, one is that you can get definitely a good hook set, but I really feel you're a little fishing a little bit further away from the boat, which is a plus factor. And using a quality rod, it really does pay. Uh, the sensitivity is such a factor. But so many, many times, you're not going to uh, see that rod tip move. You may be going to feel something. Maybe there's some a little bit heavier weight, or maybe you just thought you felt a tick. That's when you have to set the That's why rods are so important, the quality of that rod, and paying attention. I think it's an awful lot of concentration. If we just ignore uh, and just wait for that bump, uh, we're going to miss lots and lots of fish. Yep. Exactly, and and you're right too. You know, having uh, having having quality tackle, and and it, I, I I mean, I think it goes beyond the rod to certain. You know, obviously, all the other aspects, uh, the right reel and uh, line quality, and and it, you know, uh, that all of course uh, does play a factor as well. Yeah, it really does. And, you know, I should have mentioned, too, that you can use, I use a lot of Fireline, Kevin. Mm-hmm. And you can use a fluorocarbon leader. You can use straight uh, Fireline or braid. Uh, but there's a factor there. If you don't have a soft tip rod, mm-hmm. you may uh, miss an awful lot of fish because there's no stretch at all. Uh, so that's where a fluorocarbon. But here again, too, I basically use all, all fluorocarbon in these kind of conditions. And uh, uh, it's because of the visibility factor mm-hmm. and then also the extreme sensitivity yeah. and only a minimal amount of stretch mm-hmm. yep but enough th- enough that you can you can still sense those uh, those really light bites oh yes very very much so exactly well let's uh let's kind of uh shift gears just a, a little bit um and and kind of get off the open water and and Start talking a little bit about the uh, the hard water here too. Uh, one of the things coming up here in uh, I guess about uh, about three weeks actually uh, is the uh, the, the St. Paul Ice Fishing Show, and and uh, of course uh, Terry, one of the uh, originators, uh, creators of the uh, of the show, which uh, 
uh, has certainly uh, grown and, and, and become um, the largest ice fishing show in the, uh, in the country here. And uh, if you've never had a chance to, to go, it is certainly an impressive, impressive time. And uh, uh, again, it's uh, it's coming up again here, Terry. In in what uh, about three weeks? You said. Uh, I, yes, it's uh, December first to the third. Mm-hmm. And at uh, the St. Paul River Center. Yeah, and uh, and uh, <laughs> it, it it always amazes me. I, I mean, that place is just flat filled up with anything and everything when it comes to uh, uh, to ice fishing and uh, it, it, it is uh, it, it's one of the, the neat shows to really really go to and, and uh, uh, see the latest and greatest products and uh, buy a lot of stuff and uh, it's just a lot of money. and of course too there are uh, uh, plenty of seminars which uh, of course uh, uh, Terry is going to be sharing his knowledge uh, with as well aren't you Yes, I am. I'm going to be doing one seminar on Friday at 1 o'clock. That'll be a walleye ice fishing seminar. Mm-hmm. And then right after that, we'll be giving uh, door prizes away, courtesy of Clam Outdoors. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be in, uh, they spaced out the seminars this year. Instead of back-to-back, they're allowing uh, enough time in between so uh, the seminar speakers can um, answer all these questions. And so there can be a change of uh, attendance without bumping to each other. And uh, also, too, I should mention something. Uh, it's the 30th anniversary of this show, and they have about 190 vendors there. It's full. Uh, there's no more uh, vendors that can get in. There's no space for them. <laughs> and then, too, if anybody's looking for information, or you can buy tickets online now, yep. just go to SingaporeIceFishingShow.com. Yeah, and uh, it is, uh, I, you know, it's, uh, what, about two and a half hours from, uh, from lacrosse here, and certainly... Uh, well worth the drive, and uh, like I said, um, well, and, and just even you know, like like, uh, and and we've we've met up there and and uh, done some interviews uh, in the uh, in the clam area up there. They've got uh, just uh, tons of stuff, and that, we you know, we touched a little bit on it uh, the last time you were on some of the uh, some of the new products. And again, they're going to be showing off. Uh, well, a lot of the vendors are going to be showing off all sorts of new products this year. Oh, yes, you're exactly right. And, you know, i talking about drivers, and we've had people come in from Michigan, from Montana, from uh, some of the uh, uh, provinces up in Canada. Uh, from, In fact, uh, a few years ago, I had somebody coming in from Texas, uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, so they come in from all over the country to go to this show. As you mentioned, it's the nation's largest ice fishing show. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and again, just, uh, uh, you know, we, we touched on it briefly, but maybe for those who didn't uh, uh, get a chance to listen, shame on you, of course, but uh, for not doing that. But, um, you know, some of the new products that uh, um, uh, Clam is coming out with uh, this year. Tell me, uh, let's t- chat about that uh, very briefly here, too, about uh, uh, some of the products they've got uh, uh, that people can see that they're going to be uh, displaying at the show. Oh, yeah, they're going to have, you know, the rod and reels, the new rod and reels, uh, the new clothing and so forth, uh, the Delta Parka, which is new. Uh, but also, too, I think for the anglers, um, to take a strong look at the new lineup of uh, lures, Kevin, uh, the Tika Flash is really something that's going to, uh, I think, be extremely productive for 
bluegills and crappies, and even some of the larger ones uh, uh, for um, walleye fishing. But this is really a uh, tool, a lure that I think is going to be very. It's almost like a, in a sense of words, like a crankbait. Uh, but your vertical jigging, you can also cast and retrieve these. But they got a blade at the tail end of the, of the bait, uh, so that's going to be something that's really going to uh, be, I think, really exciting. The, and then they've got um, uh, the uh, um, PT uh, rattle, which they have. Uh, it's a vertical jigging lure with a rattle on it this year. Mm-hmm. And then, two, uh, something new that they have come out with, which I never mentioned, is hand warmers. They have never mm-hmm. came out with hand warmers, and they do have them this year. You know, I, yeah, I, that uh, I, I, that's uh, uh, always appreciated, and, and that certainly has come a long way from... Uh, um, the uh, the days of the of the little uh, the little packets that you kind of stuff in your gloves now they're uh, gosh they're rechargeable and, and uh, different heat settings and, and uh, some of the ones that I've seen anyway and uh, um, that boy I tell you what there's nothing uh, nothing like having some of those in your pockets and uh, you know helping to keep warm on a, a cold winter's day. Well, that's right, and, you know, I mentioned at the seminar, I don't know if you and I ever talked about this, but, uh, you know, when we, uh, our brain sends a message to our body when we're cold to start to shiver, mm-hmm. and we cannot control that. So once that is happening, we are not able to f- uh, provide full attention to how we're fishing, Kevin. It's going to just mentally we can't do it mm-hmm. uh, because, again, our body is saying, uh, to shiver, uh, to get warmer, and so that's why, you know, dressing accordingly, as you mentioned hand warmers, these are all factors, even though we think, well, dress is not that important in catching fish, it's extremely important. If you're nice and warm, you're going to really mm-hmm. be able to concentrate on catching. I've seen so many people sitting out on the ice uh, with, uh, you know, no uh, protection whatsoever, uh, sometimes even without a cap or hat, and you can see that they're shivering. They're very, very mm-hmm. Cold and you know when that is happening, you are not concentrating on catching those fish. You're you're not concentrating on that real subtle bite. Uh, you're not just you're just not paying attention to what's really happening underneath the ice. Yeah, exactly. Well, and and the other thing too about uh, certainly with clam is uh, they uh, always have a uh, a great selection of uh, of shelters uh, that uh, they've got on display as as well that. Uh, uh, folks can take a look at too, and and I think some of the there are they are I, I think by far some of the nicest uh, the nicest shelters uh, that uh, that are on the market, and uh, I, I I really like those. Well, thank you, Kevin. Yes, they do have. They take great pride in their uh, houses and so forth. If it's a hub or if it's a sled type or flip over, and it is a big fact. Somebody when you brought that up, somebody just asked me, is it worthwhile um, investing in a uh, insulated fish house, and the answer to that is definitely. It's going to only add maybe five pounds, maybe four pounds to the house, but it's just amazing. Um, so many times you don't even need uh, a heater in there, especially if it's a sunny day. Mm-hmm. And then besides that, the heat retention also too it avoids uh, that uh, condensation inside the house where it's dripping on on your coat or your hands mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Uh, so there's a couple big plus factors I would always advise, uh, even though it's going to be a little bit more money, but it's well worth the investment. Well, yeah, exactly. And, and, and the other thing, too, is, is you know, when you do make that investment, um, you, you know, it's, it's, it's not something that, that you know, it, like 
a bait or something like that that it, you know it's sort of one and done or whatever i mean you can get uh you know they the the way they they are built they're they're built to last oh yes yeah they are and the other thing i'm glad you brought that up too is that i don't know how many times i've had the comment and maybe you and i've talked about this in the past but it's to buy the fish house that's going to meet your your style of fishing. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how many people we talk to. Well, we bought uh, a two-man or a three-man, but we only fish alone. And I struggle. I see this on the ice constantly that I struggle uh, loading it up. Get a fish house that, you know, if you fish alone most of the time, mm-hmm. then get a one-man. Or if you fish with family or friends, then consider two or three-man or a hub house. So here again, too, yeah. is match the size of the house to the style of fishing. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and and that's that is one of the nice things uh, that that clam has is they've got the different sizes available for uh, for whatever style of fishing that uh, that you happen to use. Yes, and with the hub house, which is very very popular, as you well know, mm-hmm. but this year they have now uh, have a flap in front of the door uh, where you can actually bank. Before you couldn't bank it in front of the door so you've got a flap where you can bank and then you still have a door opening that you can just walk through so that's something brand new with the hub style houses mm-hmm. yeah and uh yeah that that you know and, and of course with with clam you're you know you know you're going to get uh you know a quality product and and uh, again something that's going to uh going to last and and that and and i think that extends to whether it's you know the clothing or the uh the shelters or um the tackle, the rods, reels, whatever, um, you know, that's, that, that is one of the things I do uh, like about clam. And I, I like clam products even before, you know, we really started kind of talking ab- about this, you know, a few years ago that, um, I, again, you know, it's, it's uh, a quality product and, and uh, across the board. Well, you're right. And, you know, the, the clam has emotion suits, you know, the clothing, uh, ice armor by clam. And uh, that's another thing. I just had a conversation the other day. We're talking about these float suits. and But just because you've got a float suit on does not mean you need to walk out on a half inch of ice, Kevin. <laughs> no, no. Uh, you, you, you know, it's it's there for your safety, not for you to test out, really. I guess. And, and there is a difference. So, Oh, yeah, a big difference. <laughs> yeah, you, you know. Uh, I was mentioning earlier in the show the water temperature is is about forty six here in the area in in general and uh, um, yeah you know uh, that's you don't necessarily think about that with ice fishing it's usually a little colder than that uh, but uh, don't really want to test out how well the product is is made I'd, I'd I'd rather I'll take their word for it I guess <laughs> put it that way. <laughs> Well, you're right. You know, you just uh, you just gotta use common sense. I have moved through, I think, three times, but never uh, the depth where would be drowning. But that shock on your body oh, is yeah. just. Uh, you cannot describe it, Kevin. Mm-hmm. It's just unbelievable what it does, and I can sure see why hypothermia really affects the mental c- capacity of, of the person, and that's where you really have to pay close attention. No fish is worth getting uh, uh, a breakthrough in the ice yeah exactly and and i i think just to kind of to wrap things up you only have a, about a minute or so left to go uh but uh and that's one of the things too that i like about uh clam and, and some of the other vendors too uh the technology and the um uh, of the of the clothing i think has really improved over the last few years and uh, it is uh, um so worth the investment as well uh for uh, uh for that type of clothing um to to have when you're you're out ice fishing 
Yeah, it really is. You know, it's it is important. You know, besides you know the the uh, the full suit concept uh, is just the warmth itself. You know, here again too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, get uh, a clothing that meets your types of fishing. You know, there's no sense in you know getting uh, something that's real light and you're not staying warm. And I should mention too um, that uh, Clem has come out with what's called. Uh, the Delta, Kevin, um, it's um, a pan, uh, coat in bibs, and it's sort of an in-between. It's uh, a float suit, but it's not actually recognized by the uh, Coast Guard, mm-hmm. but it's a float suit, and the reason uh, they have this uh, out is it's sort of an in-between, like an edge. It's uh, between a non-float suit and a, a full uh, venue of a float suit, sort of in-between. The reason being it's lightweight and it's extremely flexible. All right. Well, Terry, I hate to do this. we got to wrap things up here. I'm out of time. Uh, but thank you again, as, as always, for uh, for being on the program today and, and sharing your knowledge with me. And uh, you have yourself a great week. We'll talk to you soon. Well, likewise. Thank you so much, Kevin. We'll see everybody at 1 o'clock on Friday, December 1st at the seminar, Walleye Fishing Wise. Sounds good. Back in a moment on WKT1. Okay, well, that, uh, as always, uh, thanks again to Tackle Terry Tuma for uh, joining me on the program today. And uh, I certainly want to thank you as well for uh, uh, for listening. It's uh, been a, a great hour, uh, always a fast hour with uh, with Terry, and that's uh, that's part of the fun. We, uh, we get chatting and everything. So you have yourself a great weekend, and we'll talk to you again soon uh, on WKTY. Be back next Saturday with another edition of WKTY Outdoors. Have a great weekend. Station for sports.